bitches. I'm Brian Carpus. And oh my god, and I'm Claire Roma. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh and this my is also god. The, the inexperienced, inexperienced experience. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I, I think like it, you know, I think living three thousand years is finally like hitting. Oh, it's kinda catching up. Yeah, now? I think it's finally catching up. Thank God, not in looks, but physically we're dying. Yeah, yeah. I feel that very yeah. much so. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to ask you how you're doing, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently we're dying. We're dying. Let's talk about... I'm fine. Things are fine. It's summer. Um, pride season. Pride. Love pride. Yes. 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 I'm yes. walking in the parade this Sunday. <laughs> With my mom and I am and my company and I'm performing, um, and um, going to go to things. Yeah. So if you are watching the parade, let me know where you're at. I'll try and see you. I'm mm -hmm. so excited. I'm. It's a great time of year. It's a good time of year. It's a fun time. We've gone to Pride together. Mm -hmm. Like I know Pride is not yeah. about me, and I, I I know that, and I recognize that. But yeah. goddamn, I love a parade, and that's why we welcome. But you do love a parade. You I have not been it. in a parade since 2007, the last time I was crowned the asparagus queen. And say what? You, you don't know about this? No. Oh my god. Okay, so and I don't. And our list. And even if I did, our listeners do not know that. Okay, <laughs> so up north in Michigan, I don't know the exact city. I want to say Shelby Township. That could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. They That's my have name, Shelby Oh my god. They have an asparagus festival every summer. These people are nuts for asparagus. Like clothing, it's like pride but for asparagus. That sounds piss must reek. Stink. So every year they have uh queen asparagus, princess asparagus, all this oh stuff. Oh my god. That's like there's a, so where I went to camp uh for Seaway camp KCYJ, um, <laughs> um, which is, uh, there's this little town about, like, maybe 40 minutes outside that every time my parents had picked me up, or if every time my dad came with to pick up, to pick one of us up, oh, we always have to stop in this little town called Lillian, Texas, because they have, quote-unquote, the best barbecue. It's fine. Um, but every summer, I always look forward to driving through it, because every summer, they're very, this town is known for their watermelons, like, that's where a lot of, I don't know, they're known as like a big watermelon town. Mm -hmm. And every year they have the Miss Watermelon Thump Queen yes. competition. And I can't tell you, it's so on my bucket list to not only, not only win, not only go, but to win it and mm -hmm. eventually take over. Yeah. Like I fly in and once a year, I'm the MC. Mm -hmm. I'm like the um, less creepy actually out Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, just host a, you know, some pageants, some... That's, like, what Texas this is. Ass pa and it's a small town, so you know those bitches probably get... Oh, yeah. Um, headed. Oh, so, so for the Asparagus Festival, which is, like, yeah. a July, every July, I want to say, um, to, if you want to enter to be, like, Miss Asparagus or Prince of whatever it is... Yeah. Um, there's like really specific limitations because my mom's like, I want to be the asparagus queen. You have to like own property in Nancy, Shelby Township. Nancy is the asparagus queen. I mean, she yeah. Try. 
But, like, it's really, like, you have to, like, own property there for, like, a year before you can even apply. The and they're, fuck? like, they're, like, and even Are if you, you own, for, like, no, 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 but listen, Congress? but even if you own property, you have to actually live there for, like, eight months out of the year or something. It's insane. The fuck? So, wait, so you were? Okay, so I won the cook-off back-to-back two years in a row. Um, beat my cousins, um, you know. Ooh. Um, it's okay. Love it's okay. I still talk to those two. Um, <laughs> they're on my mom's side, so you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, and so like I was like on TV and like in the paper, and I got to walk in the parade because I want the cook off, and like it was dope I didn't as hell. I was staying next to Ina Fucking Garden. Oh, you want to know my recipes? What? Okay, so my my first year was asparagoli. You have to have asparagus somewhere in the Obviously, name. Yeah. So. Uh, Asparagus and mustacholi, and wow, people were like, "You know how to make sauce?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm in the fucking mob." (laughs) No, I'm not. Yes, I am. (laughs) Um, And then my second year, it was uh, my grandma's broccoli salad with asparagus, which was also a big hit. Um, But truly, nothing will top the asparagoli. That sounds amazing. I now want to try. I'll make you some. Yeah, let's do it. I'll have, I'll have you over for dinner. I'll bring some wine. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, um, so I really just, like, really fucking love a parade, so I'm very excited. And yeah, I, I and have, since then, I have referred to myself as the asparagus queen, because I am. Okay, well, for now on, to me, you are the asparagus queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's up with you? We already did that. Yeah. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you reading? Oh, uh, what am I listening to? First of all, wait. No, we didn't. We didn't ask. We didn't? didn't? No. no. You talked about your show. I just said I have shows. I didn't say how I'm doing. Okay, well, tell us about your shows. They're just queer What's going on? I'm fine. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Seriously, I'm fine. I got two shows. I'll plug them at the very end of this shit. Cool. That way people actually listen, so then people are like, where is the show? Oh, my God. No one needs to see me that much. I mean, fuck them. But, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I feel good. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, what am I listening to? What am I watching? Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, I am been on my Bravo kicks lately. I've been watching all my housewives. This season, okay, this season of Beverly Hills is such... I know you're going to be like, aren't they all trash? No, this season of Beverly Hills especially is such trash. It is such rich weight lady trash. Like, even Lisa Renna at one point, like, looked at the camera and she was like... like she was like, yeah, there's a reason why everyone hates us. Like, or like, just like, there's a reason why there shouldn't be wealthy empathy for wealthy people. Like, <laughs> she literally said that at one point recently. Like, I it's mean, just so s- stupid. Which, I mean, she has a point. Yeah. Um, but then... Eat um, the rich. Yeah, New York's great. But here's the thing. You get Bethany Frankel in an interview... Let that fly. Let Just let her wind up. Let her go. She's going to have something to say. She is my favorite commentator of all time. Especially because, here's the thing, I've seen her commentate on things that she genuinely, honestly, has no business to commentate on, but just the way that she says it, I'm like, keep going. This is funny. That's kind of how I feel about Meghan McCain at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Because I only see it on Twitter, and so I think it's funny. But then I'm also like, issue with her is that, you know, I've gone... Did you know her father's John McCain? Wait, what? Yeah. 
This is news to me, listeners. I'm my father. I like. I also want to fight her. I want to. I want to sit. Here's the thing. I want to help her. I want to sit her down and just be like, "You need to go away." Because here, because when she was, I was watching. You know, I love. We all know I love the Voo. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching some of the clips from last season, which was her first season on. Uh, which arguably would be way more stressful when you think about it than the second season. I mean, but, yeah. And she was, she, but she seemed was more relaxed and was, like, a lot, like, yeah, I don't agree with her on, like, a lot of, like, there's a lot of things I do not agree with her about and a lot of things that she says also. Ooh, the way that, she, I know she, look, here's the thing. You and Joy Behar might have, like, a relationship, but, like, you need to, like, separate your, like, friendship with, yeah. in your working relationship. And in your working relationship, even though you're on the same panel, she's Joy Behar. She's been there the longest. She's the elder statesman of the group, even though, like, in your mind, Whoopi is, but no, it's Joy. Also, like, like there's a reason why Joy's there. Also, when Joy smiles after saying something so snarky, just, you, how can you say something that's just rude to her, you know? Um, but yeah, like, respect, res- have respect, you know, when in the workplace. Like, it's a difference, you know? Also, just, like, shut the fuck up. Fuck up. Um... <laughs> But yeah, uh, anyway, yeah, New York's been great, Potomac. Okay, people sleep on Real Housewives of Potomac. That is honestly the best of the franchise right now. Those women are all, and the reason why it's great is because they're all, I like them all. Like, I cannot really, at the end of the day, I like every single one of them, but every one of them brings some sort of drama, some sort of good reality TV. You can argue both sides. Like, they actually bring good... And they're on their fourth season, and it's been great But because they're newer. Newer cities on Housewives tend to be, like, the beast, become, like, the little sister cities. Mm. Or get treated like that. Like, they're the little sister cities. Nice. And to be honest, like, I think the longer they keep Housewives, it's just bad. It yeah. gets bad because... We need to pull the plug on some of them. You need to pull the plug. Like, I think for Beverly Hills, they need to get keep Renna and keep Erica Jane. Sure. And that's it. I don't know who any of these people are. Just keep... Okay. People who are listening, they'll understand, I hope. But the rest of them get the fuck away from them. Yeah. They did that with New York, and it was honestly kind of a mistake because they got rid of Jill Zarin. And I know none of this is translating to you, but, like, Getting rid of Jill Zarin is such a mistake. Okay. Such a mistake. Um, but I think they need to, like, house sweep Beverly Hills. Because, and give, like, also Potomac and, like, other cities a chance. Like, there needs, I, if you could have a city, if, okay, if there was, what would get you to watch Real Houses? If there was a city, if you could pick a city to watch, I think that they should personally do, like, a real housewives of like bumfuck nowhere, Louisiana, something like that. Like, go to a small town and film the women that have money in those small towns because that's where drama is. I wouldn't watch it. I just don't like that's it. That's me. You wouldn't just watch, like, even if you could pick a city. I don't know what I would pick. Like, maybe Naperville. Maybe. Well, you would be a real housewife of Naperville. I know. <laughs> But to be honest, yeah. And then also, uh, Re- oh, Brittany Howard, who is the lead singer of Alabama Shakes, yes. uh, released a new single, uh, and her album comes out, I think, very soon. I'm very excited. The new, It's very good. It's very, like, 
new way. It's very like this like new cross of like funk jazz that I really like. Like there's um, this group I like called Snarky Puppy or Snark yeah Snarky Puppy, and they're really my friend Zach introduced me to them. They're a really great like funk soul like jazz new band. Cool, uh, but it's really cool. What are you watching, listening to? I am watching. The original 90210. I did see that on your TV the last time I was here. And was God, like, I love it. It's that? such a mess. I need to watch it. I've never actually watched it. Oh, it's so fun. I have... So, uh, I watched, like, the maybe the first season, and then, like, towards the end on SoapNet when I was depressed in middle school. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it all the way through. And it's very fun. It's so fucking 90s. I know this is a very unpopular opinion. But I stand, of all of those people, I stand Shan Doherty the hardest. No. no. Here's why. No. Here's why. I know this is an unpopular You will opinion. not change my opinion on this. Because I respect people who are nightmares and are fully aware of it. Okay, I, but... I do respect, and who are also in on the joke. Like, she's very much in on the joke that she's a complete nightmare but also when you show up to set three hours late every single day that's why she got kicked off the show which is like reasonable and also why she got kicked off the charm too because she was yeah. a pain in the ass to she's work terrible too. but she knows it and doesn't care no she's a straight up bitch and she's a republican so i have no oh, time for oh, her i can't do that but she's like one of those tim allen republicans though where she's like I know I'm like the only Republican in Hollywood and everyone crucifies me for it. It's like, no, you're a bitch, bitch. to everyone. And I she's going to Republic- be on the reboot. So I'm really excited. Uh, I hate Republicans who are just bad people and use them I being mean, a Republican to be, it's like, no, no, that's just like a cherry on top of why you're yeah. a bad person. Like you're a, a horrible person. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's trash. And Brenda is the fucking worst character ever. And I've been thinking okay, a lot well, about I this. I've never actually watched it. Okay, I've been thinking a lot about this. If BuzzFeed was around in the 90s, and I was, like, in my 20s in the 90s, oh. I would have been working at BuzzFeed, and I would have been writing all these think pieces about how Brenda is the worst character on 90210. And I'm glad she left. I'm glad they shipped her off to London. Okay, why the fuck would you tell me that? I. It's, like, common knowledge. I didn't. Everyone know okay, the show premiered in 1990. I was busy doing other things. I wasn't living in the country in the 90s. I was gallivanting. I also was like, kind of... Okay, well, everyone knows she gets kicked off the show, and they have to do it in a way that makes sense. So she got... So she goes to London, and, like, casually they'll be like, oh, I talked to Brenda today. I know that. I know this is, like, sidetracked. Remember that, that when Clueless was a TV show? Uh, yes, but I never watched it. I would watch it sometimes really, because it would come on, like, really, really late at night on, like, the end. Yeah. The end was mm-hmm. still around. Ugh. Um, R.I.P. Ugh. Um, yep. Um, I'm still reading Pete Holmes's book, because I kind of got sidetracked. I th- it's yeah. good. I like it. I think I'm I gonna, like him. I think I'm going to save Bad Feminist for another time. Like, I'm not, like, feeling it. Like, yeah. I... So I found Joan Crawford oh God. wrote, not only wrote a book about like, I think her, just like her lifestyle or whatever, and not only is there an audio for it, guess who is the narrator of it? Oh my God, who? Joan Crawford. Uh, Joan Crawford is the narrator of this. So 
Really? I, yeah. Which when did this me. come out? Well, she died in the 70s. I know, so, so I'm some, saying... I think sometimes in the 60s when she wrote it. Wow. Yeah, I think it's all about just, like, her life, like, how to live, like, how to live Joan, you Put know? your face in a bowl of ice every morning. Beat the fuck out of your kid until they bring you that damn axe. <sighs> oh, I would never beat a child, but I would probably scream at them to bring an axe to me at one I mean, yelling and beating are two very different things. True. I feel like whenever I need them to, like, go, like, get me, like, if I ever had a kid and I need them to go get me something, like, the code will be, like, what, I'll be, like, their name, bring me the axe, and it'll be, like, my inhaler or some shit. Be, like, Laura Darn, thank you! <laughs> I still have a, okay, I have a, uh, I think I might, <laughs> should I binge it or should I just catch up on it? You've seen it, right? Yeah, of course. I've seen the first season. I just, just jump back in. Just jump back in? Yeah, it's worth it. Oh, don't, so don't wait to binge? Okay. Oh, seriously, one of the best shows. It's so good. And I'm sure Meryl is horrible. She is wearing some funky-ass teeth, and it is like Bohemian Rhapsody all <laughs> over again. And I just sit there and laugh, and it's like, it's a lot. Do you think she just looked at them and she just went... I don't know what is going through her mind because she's making some very interesting choices just on like physicality and like the way she, she speaks really to Nicole Kidman. She really likes her choices in film. She really likes to do as much as she can when she can change her look. But this like, is like she did something so fucking insane that I'm those still aren't probably her t- no, 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 yeah, no. I think they are because it makes her look more like uh, Alexander Skarsgård. She does something really crazy. I won't spoil it for you, but when you see it, you're like, Meryl? What are you, what you doing? You know, the thing about Meryl Streep is we don't really know her, and I love that about her. She is so different all the time. It's like we think we know her, Mm -hmm. but we just really know this woman, this kind of... This you, blank canvas, this, this, yeah, this if body, you will. This body that encompasses, so that takes over so many souls, and then once they're done with the soul, they're I mean, disappear. Yeah. Oh, God bless Meryl. I heard she's a whack job. That's why I've, I've heard she's really? a real lunatic. But, like, in a good way. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, the woman, actually, I mean, look at what she wears to the red carpet. Tea. Well, actually, I have a, um, a friend of mine has a friend who's like, it's one of those like friend of a friend stories. Mm-hmm. But somewhere down the line, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone whatever, who was friends with one of Meryl Streep's daughters in college. Nice. And they did not tell them that they were, first of all, I don't know how that, that friend must have been fucking an idiot because if you don't look at one of those daughters and go, and I know, but like, you, but if least, you were just like in the in the real world, like in college, I wouldn't think it. I wouldn't. Okay. Think, also, I took a dance class with Nellie's daughter, oh, and did not know until after the class was over. I knew Chanel. She was very nice. She's very cool. I yeah, like she's Chanel. very nice. I don't know where she is. If you're listening, hello. Hey, Chanel. What's up, girl? Um, how are you? Um, but um, they so but the friend so. Whichever daughter it was of Meryl Streep and Don Gummer, um, invited her to come home with her for the weekend. Did not tell her until they were on the plane. You're not going to breathe? Oh, okay. Didn't, like, was on the plane and was just like, 
So, by the way, I kind of need to, like, let you know who my mom is. And spent the weekend at Meryl's and apparently was so nice and, like, cooked a bunch. Yeah. I'm spend the weekend she at her house. She likes to cook, apparently. That's what I've heard. I've heard, so basically I've heard she's a whack job and she's really nice. So. I mean, yeah. It's what I would want. It's what I want from all my actresses who came out of the 70s. Or just all the ones you like. Like, you always want them to be a good person. No, some of them I want. Like, if I met Streisand and she was cold to me, I'd be like, I got Oh, she's a straight up bitch. She's a straight up bitch. No, my grandfather has sat at a table, like a Democratic tape thing, fundraiser for her, and he said, like, she was a night. She was really not nice. Doesn't she have a thing where, like, you can't wear blue around her? Probably. Well, you also, she's like one of the, she's like Mariah Carey, where, like, you have to, like, Switch Jimmy Fallon had to move his desk, which is ridiculous. Oprah. The best was when she went on Oprah. This is many, well, obviously, yeah. many, but many years ago, she went on Oprah, and she basically, I mean, not only did she make Oprah switch, which is a lot to ask, but she took one of Oprah's microphones and had it painted ivory to, like, match her, like, full ivory outfit. And Oprah, like, asked her where, and she was like, oh, I don't know. And then she was like, is that one of my microphones? She was like, yeah. Like, I See, shit like that, I'm like, get over yourself. Yeah, that's where I'm like, calm the fuck down. Also, just but, like, when I saw her on Jimmy Fallon, like, in the in the other seat, I was just like, but really? Here's thing, but here's the thing. We can Google, and yeah. we can see your whole face. Yeah, we know all your angles. You've been you look movies. the same. You look, you do. But, People's profiles do not look that different. I think that's like, uh, but, but, that being said, as much as like I would never put up with that for like certain people, for most people, for Barbara Streisand, if she was cold to me, and I, I, I would have tweeted being like, in all caps, great news, I met Barbara Streisand and she was rude to me, I got the full experience, I like knew I was going to get. I'd be very surprised. I'd be like, oh my god, she was It was like I like I when I went to DragCon and I met and I went in line for Trixie Mattel, I had heard from, from many times she wasn't that friendly in meeting greets, and she was the complete opposite. She was so nice and was joking and was talking about asking me about my nails and stuff, and I couldn't like was like more prepared for her to just like not want right. to talk. So when she did try to talk, I was like, oh, I'm not prepared to talk to you. Yeah, I'm just like so that was we so, should like, all be nice. Yeah, it's like sometimes it's like. You don't get what you expect. Yeah. But, like, sometimes I'm like, I kind of want what they expect. Yeah. I know that's sick. Maybe I... Maybe. I don't know. I'll work it out in therapy. I just want everyone to be nice all the time. And also, it's like... With, like, some celebrities, it's like, people would literally kill to have your life, and you're gonna be a bitch. That's That's kind of what I don't like. Right. Yeah. True. True. I'll be showing up to Barbara's house in a bright blue dress. Oh, you and I would be like... I'd be so petty about it. You and I would be like texting each other being like, meet you in the basement at the, frozen, at the Froyo stand. Oh yeah, in her yeah. mall. You know, is, that, is that confirmed? Or is so. that just an urban no, legend? No, I think that like it's been confirmed. By who? Me. Okay. Well, I've been down there. Her and I have had many talks. <laughs> About why she had to paint that fucking microphone. She always gives me swerve answers, and I'm like, Bob, Babs? Barb. Barb. Barb, oh come on. Oh my god. Come on, Barb. You and I go back. We go back to Brooklyn. Oh my god. 
I want to I want to say Barb to her face. Sup, Barb? I nice to meet you, Barb. You know who's the one person I feel like she would let her call Barb, and I don't know why, but I just feel like it. Like, like Melissa McCarthy could call her Barb. Yeah. I don't know why. I just feel like she would let her. Yeah. But then she'd, like, go home and cry about it later. For sure. Over her clone dead dog. Samantha. I can't even get started on that. When I went to go see her in concert the first time, the second time coming up soon, our sis Ryan and I are going. Um, the first time I did, she did like a full, it was like a full dedication, like one of the songs to that fucking dog. And I'm like, you know, I bet you had other dogs, and I'm wondering what it was about this dog in particular that just really moved you. I don't know. I don't know. Well... Moving Should on. Should we talk about another gay icon? Yes. So it's time for another famous virgin. Yes, queen. This is an episode, if you have our first time listening to a famous virgin episode, this is where Claire and I pick a famous person to discuss, and we just basically discuss them as a virgin, whether it's their actual virginity or their image. And today we are talking about film icon music legend uh girl next door america's fucking sweetheart america's virgin america's virgin in a lot of ways doris day aka doris mary ann keppel oh yeah well i have cincinnati oh yeah i have i I have all that don't worry i know well, wait, I, I didn't ask... know Doris Day wasn't her real name until oh, like, like five minutes ago. Oh, that's so. a for sure stage name. I mean, I figured, but I just hadn't really given it that much thought. I love when I find people's like real names. My favorites are always like the ones I've known forever. Like Judy Garland's real name is Francis Gum. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Jennifer Aniston has like a, a weird name. Yeah, uh, Cary Grant has like a has a interesting name too. It's like Wendell or something like that. Like something like on long lines. <laughs> Um, of course it is. So, well, let me ask you. So, let's first discuss Doris. 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 Uh, are you a fan of Doris Day? Have you seen any movies? I'm sure you um, obviously have heard, heard some of the songs, the more famous songs. Yes. Uh, so, yes, a fan. Haven't seen a ton of her stuff. But I, uh, when I was a kid and I was sick, like, uh, in school, mm-hmm. um, if no one in my family could watch me, sometimes I'd go to my neighbor Simone's house, mm-hmm. and we call her the Duchess. Yes. And she's like, I don't know, in her 70s or 80s. She's like my third grandma. Yeah. Um, and I would lay on her couch, and we would watch old movies on uh, Turner Classic. Yeah. Um, so I remember seeing her on there a couple times, and... Um, my grandpa was a big movie buff. And so mm-hmm. we would talk about like different celebrities and like what they've been in and their personal lives and like, Oh, this person was in this. And then they starred with that person and whatever. Um, actually I have his old like movie books from like the thirties and forties. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely know who she is. Don't know a ton about her personal life though. And the songs like, uh, I'm cultured. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I'm a big, big, big Doris Day fan. I, Shocking! Yes. Well, I okay, I haven't seen Shocking. many, many of the movies as well. I've, I've seen, seen, like, a handful. I've seen, yeah, I've seen maybe three, yeah. four. But I love her music. Yeah. I really do. 
I like I she is one of the most beautiful, clear, perfect voices. And the thing about when she died, that I mean and if y'all don't know, she passed away at the age of ninety seven very recently, like a month That's ago. So old. old. She lived a life, man. She really did. But one thing that when I thought about it, because it was very, I was obviously sad when she died. And one thing that I thought about when she died was that not only, you know, is it like she is really one of the last, uh, there's very, very few movie stars of that era that are still, still alive. Yes. But she really was the last great big, big band jazz singer to come out of the big band jazz era. Mm-hmm. Because she. That's yeah. She became, that's where she came from. She came from those big, and we'll discuss it. But she came from that big band era of jazz, and that's where you. That's where Billie Holiday came out. That's where Elle Fitzgerald and Nito Day, Dinah Washington. That's where all the great female jazz vocalists came out of. Was big bands before they became had their own solo careers on their own. And Doris Day was one of them. And Doris Day, in a lot of ways, I think is more of a singer than she is a movie star. For some people, for me, in a lot of ways, she's a little bit more of a singer than she is a movie star. See, for me, I just consider, like, I know she's a singer, but for me, it's like Doris Day, movie star. And she did more, because she retired from acting, but she continued to, I feel like, sing more than she did um, act. But, uh, yeah, I loved her. She had such a, I, there's something so unique about her. Like, you, I think a lot of people, and I, for a long time, wrote her off as well as just, like, wholesome, boring because I wanted to see when I was like when I started getting, like, being a teenager and getting into old movies I wanted to see like women who like did edgier more interesting like Betty Davis like I yeah. became obsessed with her um, because she took roles that were really interesting she and played, she crazy and she played crazy bitches and yep but um, and Doris played very always like nice but you know looking back now it's like oh was she that wasn't mm-hmm. really all that virginal after all because she was built as the virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, let's get let's get a little background of her. Yeah, yeah. So Doris Day was a singer, actress, and an animal rights and HIV AIDS activist. Woo, 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 woo. She was born Doris Mary Happelhoff on April third, Aries, nineteen forty two, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, the Devil's Spleen. I've never heard that before. Do people call Cincinnati the Devil's Spleen? We've been over this. This is what I call it. And I'll tell you why off the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, at a young age, Doris started dancing. Mm-hmm. She was in a dance duo with a childhood friend, uh, Jerry Doherty. <clears throat> and that's what she was really leaning towards growing up until she was in a really bad car accident that, like, left her really badly injured and she was like off her feet for many minutes for a long fucking time and while she was off her feet she had nothing to do but listen to the radio because what do you do in the late 30s when you're oh my god when you got when you got a ton of broken bones as a te- as a tween teenager put me in a coma honestly coma or radio you got one or the other coma i prefer to say i kind of would do the coma too but and also you can play the radio while you're in the coma, right so um, but Best that's of both when worlds. Doris really fell in love with everything that was on the radio. She fell in love with the music of that time period, especially Ella Fitzgerald. Like she cites Ella Fitzgerald as probably her like biggest influence. Interesting. And she started singing, and that's when she started singing. Her mother knows she started singing how her how well of a voice Doris had, 
and put her in vocal lessons, and then eventually she started working her way up into becoming an actual singer, and then got into working in big bands. And by the forties, she started. Uh, she had been with. Uh, let's find it. She uh, had sung with uh, band leader. Uh, she had sung with the Jim James uh, band, Bob Crosby's band, and most notably Les Brown's band. Oh. Um, who was very, all of them were big, uh, famous, uh, uh, big band leaders. Um, in 1945, she real she broke big, um, with, um, Sentimental Journey, which was a song that came out, uh, like I said, 1945. And it was like perfect timing because the song was all about coming home. Mm-hmm. And it was right when, it came out literally right when World War II ended. And it kind of, it became the theme of that era, that mm-hmm. theme of, Soldiers, because the whole song is like, gonna take a sentimental journey, gonna set my heart at ease, like, and it became this big jukebox head, and that set her career up, like, big, and set her up as a singer, set her off as a singer, and then in 1948, she made her first movie debut, um, Romance on the High Seas, opposite, um, one of who I think is one of the sexiest men in old movies, uh, Jack Carson. Okay. Um... And the movie became, uh, was a really big hit, and she got glowing reviews, and from then on, her movie from then to the night, from the 1950s to the early 60s, she had, uh, a hugely successful movie career. She was the biggest female box office draw for many, many years during that time. She worked with many, many, uh, legendary actors and, um, film directors, including Alfred Hitchcock on... The uh, the man the man who knew too much, which is a great movie, and in that movie she introduced her signature song "K Sera Sera." She also was Oscar nominated for lead actress for "Pillow Talk," which is my favorite Dara's Day movie. Nice. Um, her movie career kind of started slowly dying down in the sixties, um, and she uh, starred in a very popular television series called "The Dara's Day Show," which ran for ran for about. I think about four seasons, and then she really started to uh, withdraw from public life, kind of starting then, and slowly started to retire, and pretty much by, like, the late 80s, she was, like, fully retired. That's crazy. Yep, and she uh, died recently in May, Mm -hmm. uh, at the age of 97, and uh, she worked a lot on animal rights activism. That was a very, very big thing for her. There's a very famous picture of of her with a dog wearing a shirt that basically says, like, uh, like, care about animals or I'll kill you. Like, it literally yes. says like that. Like, big, big thing. And she became a very big AIDS rights activist uh, after her very good friend, Rock Hudson, passed away from AIDS. Um, no was, funeral or gravesite. Yeah, no funeral or gravesite. That came out. I saw that recently. Um, she was um, known as America's Sweetheart. And her image was very squeaky clean, very, uh, girl, was the ultimate girl. She was, like, if Marilyn Monroe was the, the girl five block, if Marilyn Monroe was the girl around the corner, the bombshell, the pen up, mm-hmm. Doris Day was your girl next door. She was, like, she, yeah, she was the girl next door. She was the ultimate ray of sunshine, America's sweetheart, virgin. An emphasis on virgin. Her image was very all about dating, but never having sex. Yeah. 
which really played into, uh, I think, the code, a production code that was happening, because we, and we did discuss, like, production code. Um, with our with sister Ryan. our sister Ryan. Um, and we discussed it more about, like, when it came in the 30s, but it was still going on through the 40s and the 50s and the early 60s as well, even though it was starting to get pushed out in the 60s. Um, but because of that code, that image really, um, you couldn't play with her image as much. Like, the every like she and her people were like, I'm a virgin. Like, that was it. But then when you watch the movies, it's like, well... Are you? Are you? Is this what it's supposed to believe? So her image is very interesting in film history because when you really look at it, it's like, actually, she kind of is, like, a sex symbol. Yeah, oh, for sure. And there's a really great article that, um, and that came out in the New York Times called Doris Day, A Hip Sex Goddess Disguised as the Girl Next Door by A.O. Scott that came out. Um, a few days after she died. Okay. And it was very interesting. Like, um, um, one of the things that was said in the interview was, like, how, like, how her image was really in contrast of who she was in real life, which made sense because, and not just the contrast of, like, this very light, sweet American all-girl-next-door um, image versus the realities that she faced in life all throughout her life, um, which were very dark, but that it a lot, it had a lot to do with sex, you know what I mean? To, like, yeah. there was a lot of underlying issues that had to, that, um, not issues, but I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm talking. You are? Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm trying to find the words of what I was trying to describe. I lost my total thought process too. I don't know. Thank you for listening. Yeah, you know. Um, I completely lost my train. Like the contrast between like she looks like a virgin, she acts like a virgin, but is she a virgin? Well, yeah, and it all. Well, yeah, and like there was. Oh, yeah, I remember. But there's things are said in the article, like um, Oscar Levin, who was a musician uh, who knew Doris Day, said uh, that he knew her before she was a virgin. Meaning, like, oh. yeah, like it was like a very like when she became a movie star, it was that very because then you start to it wasn't just the voice you were getting, right? Which is I mean, very that different, sense. and also sex and music has never been an issue, which is always an interesting thing. It's like once. Hearing sex isn't a problem. Seeing sex is the problem. Is the problem, especially female pleasure yeah. and sex. Which is interesting too, because when you also look at who were like the sexier singers of the time, women outweigh men by a ton. Oh yeah. Um, Doris made one of them too. She had a very sultry voice. Even when you listen to "Sentimental Journey," the the song isn't se- sexual, but. It, like, it kinda it, is. It could be. It's a it's a little erotic. Yeah. And she There's had, something there's something very sexy about the idea of going home. And yeah. people tend to romanticize war, especially World War II. Yes. Like think of how many like present day singers have done like World War II inspired like 
music videos yeah. or mm-hmm. like dance-a-thons or, co- or Halloween costumes. Yeah. Like people love that shit. People love that shit. And the thing about that that people love was the po- that post-World War II Eisenhower era, that wholesomeness. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing that that gets you. Nuclear there's such family. A wholesome, yeah, there's such a, wholesome, a baby boomer wholesomeness about it. And when you think of that image, when you think of the, an image of, to represent that, Doris Day, image-wise, is the perfect package. Oh, yeah. And you write her off, but that package is so neatly and clean. You know, in a lot of ways, and I can't believe I'm making this, Doris Day, in some ways, is the Beyonce of her era because she her package was so neat and crisp and airtight, you couldn't break it. That's true. Remember when Beyonce swore in a song for the first time and everyone uh, was like, oh my God. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's like 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what like that, that image is so in comparison to so many people is so airtight. And like I said, she had a lot of darkness mm-hmm. in her life. Like we were just discussing before the show started. Like, yeah, her dad cheated on her mom with her front, with her childhood best friend, best, childhood friend. best friend's mom. And she like, I think like walked in on it or like somehow also, knew about it. Also, oh, all her marriages. She was married four times, which when you think of a when you think of someone who's playing these like virginal, that's like happy go lucky. Yeah, it's surprising. Her first marriage <coughs> was to a musician named Al Jordan. She was eighteen when she was married, Ugh, too uh, which is who she had her first child with. Her, her oh. only son Terry, who was a very influential music producer. Um, he was extreme. He was abusive, and uh, many accounts of like people being like of, how, of humiliating her and stuff. But she always, and she herself called him a creep. But she was like, but he gave me my son. Yeah, like, that's always like I at mean, the end of the day. Yeah, and then she married a guy named George Wielder who dumped her, but when her career took off. Oh, nice. In 1949, which is when her movie career took off, he couldn't deal with it. Cool. Uh, basically, is what they said. Then there's Martin Melcher, who was her manager, who she was married to oh, the that's longest. Never good. Never good. Who she was married to for the longest from 1951 to 1968. And I, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm doing this now off memory because I do also like have do know my, have like watched stuff about Doris Day in the past. And but I believe he had a drinking problem. Probably because I remember they had like it was very famous that they had like a soda fountain in their house. Like it was like a very sober house. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he was. Yeah. And so when he that died, right. and then when he died, it turned out that he I owed a lot of money, or had oh, squandered sure. a lot, of, allegedly squandered a lot of the money, which is why she had to do the TV show because she had nothing, and she had to, and she owed so much, and the oh. TV that TV show saved her, saved her. God, it happens to so many women in this industry. Right? Right, know your shit. Get your own lawyers. Never trust men to say. Get your own bank account. It happens now that Teresa from Real Housewives would not have gone to jail if she didn't actually like know what was going on. Which is honestly yeah. what would happen. Well, I just think like, about like Cher, like getting yeah. an allowance and like not being able to take her yeah. kid to the movies. Right, being broke. Like broke, and she's doing a show eight yeah. times a week. It's insane. Insane. Fuck men, dude. And then she married a guy named Barry Comden, uh, who she was married to from 76 to 82. I don't really know much about I forget about their marriage. But, I mean, yeah, like, she had a lot of darkness in mar- with men. Like, men are not, it's a very, and it's interesting, too, because when you look at, like, I look at Pillow Talk, which is my favorite, and I'm, have you seen? If I, I have, that, it was probably, a long time if you, ago. Like, if you've seen any of them, there's pro- that's probably the one. And if you haven't, we definitely need to watch that. 
Because that's what this image, I think, is really... This image of being, like, the, the, play, the sexy dating virgin. Yeah. That's where that image really came from. Um, and, um... I mean, there's even, like... And it... Bleh, I forgot. Wait, sorry. I was... I went off track. What were... I, we just... Sexy dating virgin. Before that. I, Darkness uh, in her marriages. Yeah. It's just very interesting, like, that play. And I think... Well, like, you see, like, and there's, like, kind of a cynicism to, like, her as, like, the, uh, in that... Like, there's a cynicism to her character. Yeah. Which makes sense that she would bring that, because I guarantee you... I mean, even though she was married to that, to Martin Melcher at the time... A lot of cynicism are probably about men. Oh, yeah. At that point. So I think it's very interesting that there is, I think, when you look back at it. And also, like, that darkness, like, she was a Hitchcock blonde. Like, you people forget that. Like, she was a sunshine, all that sunshine and bolt, all that, not bullshit, but, like, all that sunshine and shit. But she was, I mean, when you think of Hitchcock blonde, you think Grace Kelly mm-hmm. and Novak. Um, you think, like, the cool, really seductive, mysterious, elite Yeah, you wouldn't blonde. put her in that group. You wouldn't put her in that group. But when you put her in, but when you think about it, yeah, she makes sense because even underneath all the, the, whatever, underneath the image and what you saw, there is this darkness to her and it would play so amazingly in mm-hmm. something like in a Hitchcock world. Honestly, I'm surprised she was married four times. Yeah. It seems like, a, I mean, like the first one, like, you can kind of write that one off, I guess. Right. As like being young, young and, and like. Also like. I think he was, like, a musician, like, in the band that she, like, played. Yeah, and, like, like... singing, like... You know. But I, I, it's kind of surprising because you would think that that, like, her marriages and her divorces and all, her husband's problems, like, that that would cause an, an issue for her, like, to get work or... Yeah. You know. I mean, think about, because, like, when like, Britney Spears married that yeah. guy for a day. Yeah, it's interesting that that never was, like, an issue. Well, like, people, maybe people just loved her so much, they were like, whatever. Well, I th- well, also, I think it's because that, the time that she was married to Mar Melcher, all those years, that's when really that image came about. She didn't have that sweetie virgin image when she was just, when she was a band singer, because that wasn't it. Right. Your job was just to sell song. And those days, you really didn't, like, it, it wasn't, I think it took like it took like a lot, a lot to be like a real, real star in the music world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it wasn't like how like it got where people like stood out for their costumes and outlandish right. things. It was like really strictly like talent, kind of talent. Yeah, and I mean she eventually did come out of that as like a star, but I mean it wasn't in the way that like Billie Holiday or Ella Fitzgerald ever were. I feel like I, I could just be saying that from my own perspective, but. In that time, and I think when she became married to Martin Melcher, that's when that that's when her movie career really took off, and that's when that image took off. That because that's what you saw. I mean, it's interesting now. If Doris Day was a young actress now, she'd be cast as nothing but a Republican bitch. That's what she would be cast as. She in. was a Republican, and she was a Republican. Mm-mm-mm. She's like the one. I, she's like somewhat Ryan, our sis Ryan again. Ryan said, like, she's the one who could bring, like, gay Republicans and gay liberals together. But she did. But she did. So, now nothing. Yeah. Okay, so this is a little bit of a stretch, but hear me out. All right, go ahead. So, the late, great Aaron Spelling, R.I.P. Uh-huh. Um, as you know, produced and was in charge of, basically, 90210. 
Be- excuse me, Beverly Hills 90210. And we all know that acclaimed actress Tori Spelling was on the show. Later star all of ten Tori seasons. Spelling. Storytelling. Yes. Her character, you could argue, is based off of Doris Day. Interesting. Donna is bottle blonde, girl next door. The first like two seasons, she does. She's like a background character, like you know, she's just kind of a supplemental character yeah. to be there. And she's like dumb, but she's nice, and like she's religious, and she's you know doesn't want to make any waves, and everyone likes her. Girl next door, <coughs> but then she kind of evolves into this like oh, I'm a person and I care about things and I have yeah. like, like a 3D written character. But also, Donna was famously a virgin for most of the show's 10-year run. Interesting. She does not have sex until I think the end of the seventh season with her long-term boyfriend, David Silver, a.k.a. Um, Brian Austin Green. Oh, they were like on again, off again, yeah. like high school sweethearts and stuff. But she definitely has that like various shades of blonde throughout the show and she's just like when she goes to college she starts being like really passionate and like um same thing like girl next door like you'd never think there's all this darkness like she had an abusive boyfriend once and like a guy like broke into her house and tried to rape her and so like she has this darkness and it's like honestly quite similar yeah I'm also balls deep in 90210. Also, Aaron Spelling was around for that time and knew Mm -hmm. all these people in Hollywood. So And I was watching an interview where some writers from the original run were talking about working with Aaron Spelling. And he, like, legit didn't really care about any of the other characters. Every time they would meet with the writers, like, weekly, he'd always be like, so what's Donna up to? And you always had to tell him that first. And then be like, okay, and then we're going to, like, do this and this for the other people. And he's like, okay, like, whatever. Well, that was his daughter, too, so... Well, and that's why she was a virgin for so long. Uh, that Because hilarious. even though she was 18 when the show started, it was, like, a weird, like, way for him to control her, kind of. Yeah. It's it's very bizarre. I have very mixed feelings about yeah, it. Yeah, that's very weird. Um, but that's a very good point. And very interesting. Like, just how, like... Yeah. Her image has rubbed off. Watch. I said I still need to watch it. It's on Hulu. Hulu. It's, it's, it's very fun. I'll have to get it. I, I'm shocked I've never watched it. But I think with Doris Day, the, yeah, that image really took off in the 50s where she was playing because everything she played was very sweet. I mean, there was like, there's some things she did that were very um, out of character and very interesting and dark. Like, um, I forget the name of the movie. I've never seen it, but I've wanted to see it. Um, she plays the, she plays a woman who uh, doesn't know that her husband's in the KKK. <gasps> yeah, like she's done some very interesting things. Like, yeah. oh my god, that sounds dope. Yeah, I need to find it, and I think Ginger Rogers is in it too. Weird, which is like in another sunny block, kind of like another yeah that is remembered for dancing being light. Or, but um, uh, but like, and she played like a mom, and like I mean that's the only difference though is her as a Hitchcock blonde. Except she wasn't being like sexy; she was a mom. Yeah, that's true. But um, she the the image I think the real got really solidified in 1959 when Pillow Talk came out. Which, if you have never seen Pillow Talk, highly highly recommend. It's one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time, um, and also is one of the greatest movie pairings of 
all time, her and uh, Dorsey and Rock Hudson. Okay, one yeah, of the I have most, seen that. Yeah, one of the most beautiful men ever uh, in film R.I.P. 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 And a good actor, too. But, yeah. like, oh, beautiful. Um, and it's all about, like, so if y'all don't know shit, um, if y'all don't know shit, um, back in the day, house phones, you had some people had who couldn't afford their own lines, had party lines, which basically you shared a phone line. So sometimes it's like, you're going to just go call, like, it's Sunday, gonna go call grandma, you know, weekly, and then you're on the phone and someone's, like, yelling at, like, a bill collector, like, and you have to wait for them to get off, so, until, so that's what, that was happening, and it's all about these two people who share a party line, and Doris Day plays this, uh, single woman in New York City, she's in her late 20s, early 30s, and she's an interior decorator, and she dates, and she's very fashionable and beautiful, but, like, She's clearly, like, a virgin. Yeah. Like, whatever. But, like, she, um... And then Rock Hudson plays this, like, playboy songwriter who, like, um... Eventually, like, the two of them meet, but she doesn't... He puts on an accent, so she doesn't realize it's him. And they, like, date. And there's... It's just a very funny... It's funny and cute. Yeah. Um, but, um... And very fifth. Like, that party line is a very 50s, (laughs) only 50s storyline. Yeah. Um, God, could you imagine if we still had that? Oh, I would kill myself. The amount of time, because if we only had landlines, the amount of time that we would be on the phone-ish. I don't have that kind of money. No. We'd be, and we Unlimited texting. Unlimited. (laughs) Um, But we're, what was I going to say? Um... But that's where in the movie, and there's scenes in that movie that are really interesting and provocative. Like, there's a, a split-screen scene where the two of them are on the phone, and um, they're both in their own respective bathtubs. And there's a scene where, like, his foot is on the wall, and then you see a close-up of the feet, and you see her foot, which is kind of arched, going towards his foot. And then once she, like, touches the wall, she, like, backs away. Like, it's really, like, there's so much underneath it. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, like, and there's, like, it's clear, like, it's just clear. Like, she is a sexual woman, though. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. Is she, like, us? Is she a sexual virgin? Mm -hmm. Like, a virgin who, who is playful, sexy, fun, flirtatious, in touch with their own sexuality? Mm hmm Or... Is it just pre just production code trying to say like she is a virgin, but like no no no, she's a single woman who yeah. date, has her own career and she dates, and that and part dating includes fucking oh god. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, it honestly could be a little bit of both. It could be a mix. And she also, by the way, so she and Rock Hudson played, so they did this kind of uh, chemistry again in another film right after uh, called Lover Come Back. And that did very well. But then they did another movie called, I think, uh, Semi No Flowers, Mm -hmm. which came out in like 64, I think, like somewhere in the mid-60s. And that time they played husband and wife, and the movie didn't do that well because the chemistry was different. They work better playing off each other in like kind of like a sensual playfulness, but when it came to marriage, it didn't work that well. That's really surprising, especially because they were actually friends in real life. Yeah, you would think that like being a settled down, like married couple, would be like fine for yeah. them. 
But sometimes you have that friendship with some people where I'm like, like I would be like, we would have more fun probably playing like off each other if we were like in like a sensual way. Oh yeah, well and, the like, fun is the chase. Yeah, and they seem and like especially like Rock Hudson was like, I mean, whether he was, I don't know, I've never heard. It's hard to say they. It's because I think male actors who were either bisexual or gay at the time were so trained to mask butch up mm-hmm. so like you didn't really so I don't know what I don't think anyone knows that they were more um Liberace-ish shall we say out of, out of public eye or not although I have heard, heard a rumor that Burt Lancaster used to like to dress up a little bit oh allegedly although he's not gay he wasn't gay but I, he wasn't gay he might have been bi I don't know I need to research that one but I have heard that one allegedly interesting that he did like to at least dress gay, gay, bi, or straight. He liked to dress up. Um, but um, yeah, I think so. I don't really know. So they probably had more because for me, I'm a very sexual person. But like, I've had like scenes where like my part where my with friend partner with friends and like scene partners where it's like a sec like a love scene or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, like I couldn't do it. Yeah, but like I'm such like I'm so feminine. Like and I couldn't get out of it. Myself. So he was trained so much, probably. So for him, yeah, if they had that playful relationship, it probably he could translate it into like a sexier, a sexual relationship on camera. Mm-hmm. Probably maybe a little bit more. Does that make sense? I don't yeah, know I, I mean, because he, I feel like I'm spinning. He's like, no, I get what you're saying. He's like acting more. Yeah, he knows because how, if they're married and they're just like, oh, we're together. No, I'm saying like, that like feminine men are like. People couldn't like butch it up for camera. No, for but, sure. Like, yeah. But I think the the acting approach is just different because because they were friends, because they were familiar with each other. You know. Yeah. Like you just approach it differently. I think. Definitely. Especially coming from like you're yeah. a closeted man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get that. Exactly. I know people who are in the closet and who are like, I'm so straight. I'm like, really like, oh yeah, really like butching it up. And then it's like a year later and you're like, like, mm-hmm. hey Mary. Sup? Yeah. Yeah. You we know, know, we know. Too. Which like everyone's journey is at your own speed and yes, your own, yes, not judging the you know, Never I'm just saying from my experience. Cause you know, I know, yes. I know a lot of, not a lot of gays. I don't. I don't know. A single one. A single. And I choose that way. <laughs> Happy Pride. I can say this shit. Right. It's my month. I feel like we, like, LG, as LGBTQ people, whenever, like, we, like, we, like, take advantage so hard of, like, being, like, it's my month. But I'm, like, low-key, like, it's the purge, low-key. It's low-key queer mm-hmm. purge. Oh, my God. Like, Speaking of. Like, like, rob a bank, blow up the world. It's my month. Like, that's how I, I... that's very much how I feel during this month. Okay, so you know I'm on TikTok because I hate myself. Yes, we talked And, oh my God, it is so funny. I saw a TikTok video the other day where this girl was like, you know what, people don't want us to have pride, then, like, that's fine. Then you better give us the purge. All month uh, long, gay people can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Oh my God, I cannot imagine the amount of, like, things. I would literally walk into Gucci and just be like, wrap it all up. Yep. Like, I would just walk in everywhere and be like... Imagine all the twinks at Forever 21. Yeah. I would, and I would call into work and be like, I'm not coming in for the entire month and you're paying Yeah, me oh, definitely. Like, that would be the big thing. 
Definitely. But then that would backfire, though, for my business, at least, because I, then I would think that then, like, I'm, like, Black History Month, it should be the same thing. Agree. But if that was the case, because I'm the only, like, white person that works where I work, then I would run the store, and then the store's gonna burn, because no one should ever leave me alone to run anything, for even five minutes. I mean, yeah. I shouldn't be in charge of, like, a lemonade stand. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, agree. Yeah. Thank you. Agree. Yeah, like... I need, like, no, I need, like, a no to Republic for when I say this shit. Like, thank you. <laughs> um, back to That's me. That's you. My, you are my no to Republic. I am an ordained minister, so it's basically the same I thing. I am, too. We should... <gasps> I want to marry... experience, experience weddings? Oh, oh my okay, God. We'll figure this out. That's a whole business That's a venture. Business. Um, but we'll figure that out because we need to get back to... Yep, yep, yep. So because I think, so I agree with you, I think it's a little bit of a mix too. Mm -hmm. But I think it is a more of a production thing. Probably. There is like the Tony Randall character who like is in love with her and wants to marry her and like I feel like they're like, in, I, in my book I feel like they had a date and they fucked once and she was like, oh shit, now he's like obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. And that's how like, and that's kind of how the relationship seems. Like it doesn't seem like he's just like and I think in the 50s has a really cute way of, like, of making things squeaky clean in that sense of, like, mm -hmm. being like, I took her out on five dates. And, yeah, focusing more on the romance yeah, and, I'm and in like, love with her from the that. nasty. Like, no, 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 no. You were eating that puss. And he, that puss was great, and you can't, and now, she, and she's like, Or, like, at the very least, like, she gave him some head. Yeah, and it wasn't great for her, and it was, but he's obsessed, and she's just like, no, and he... And he's like, oh, but we had such a, but I thought, you know, but dinner was so much fun. Like, you don't yeah. get that upset over someone you just, like, only hang out and with. And if you did, restraining order. Yeah. But I think, yeah, just, like, I think more at least you, like, it was just the code. The time. I think, yeah, I think it would have been, I think Pillow Talk would have been a very different story if, uh, if it wasn't set. If it was set even ten years later. Yeah. And you know the thing about Doris Day, and it was something else I just thought of that I want to bring up because we need to wrap up soon. But I think that people, like, got the hint that she, like, there were, so, I, I think people got the hint that there might have been, like, a sexuality, like, underneath it all. Like, I think people, like, I think in a lot of ways it is, like, a newer revelation to think of her as, like, a sex symbol than, like, just the girl next door. Yeah. But, so, when... They were casting The Graduate. They originally wanted to do, like, a very, like, California, quote-unquote, look to the film. Mm -hmm. So they wanted all this cast characters to be, like, Sandy Blonde. Yeah. Like, the Dustin Hoffman part they were thinking about, uh, Robert Redford. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But the original choice for Mrs. Robinson was, was Doris Day. <gasps> oh, man. And, you man. know, now looking at her and kind of thinking about her in a different way, not that Anne Bancroft's... Not that Anne Bancroft wasn't literally perfect in that mm -hmm. role, um, and iconic. Yeah. But, like, her interpretation would have been really interesting. Yeah. Like, really interesting. For sure. And also, femme fatalian in a, more femme fatale in a sense, because it's like, you're getting white, like, kind of swiped into, like, the sweetness. Because she would have made Mrs. Robinson more sweet than... Mm -hmm. And it would have been, and then to see her kind of lose it, it would have been that well with them fatal being like, kind of like, I know she's sexy and dang, but, and I know she's probably dang, this is dangerous, but like, 
she seems fun and sexy. And yeah. Then it's oh darkness. yeah. And it would have totally changed the sequel. Rumor has it starring Jennifer Aniston. She could have been in it. She could have been in it. Nah, she wouldn't have been in it. Doris but it would have been great. God, I love great. that movie. It's so I bad. Love that movie that it, it but it's so, so good. good. Uh, Shirley MacLaine in it is one of my favorite of my characters favorite. of all time. I think you know Shirley MacLaine later on in life made a lot of like, a, like supporting roles in really bad movies, but she's so great in them. Like I that, remember, love like her. that Bewitched movie. Yeah, is oh so my bad, God. but she's but her as Endora is so genius. She uh, just everything she's in. I'm just like you know yes. I've seen her in person, right? I already told you, Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus. I knew it had two names. Because ever since she filmed Terms of Endearment, which was filmed in Houston, she loves Houston. God bless her for whatever. Well, she's rich and old. True, which is, yeah. That's like old people loving Florida. Yeah, in the the 80s, the area that she filmed in, too, that's, ooh, money. Rich and old money. I mean, yeah. Um, But I remember, like, because my mom saw her, like, a month before I did, and I was like, Mom, that wasn't Shirley McFuckin' the and then I remember I was like 14 going in and my mom dropped me off at the mall and like I had to walk through Neiman Marcus to like go into the mall mm-hmm. and I'm at the ma- and I like walk past the makeup counter and this woman and I make eye contact and I realize and I look at her and I'm like is that and she just kind of gives me a look being like, like <laughs> it is me I love and her I was like, and I just went like I just kind of went I kind of did like a bow and mm-hmm. then walked away as I, one does as one does well, I did not have the balls back then. Also, I didn't have the Instagram back then. I mean, yeah. I would have been like, Miss McLean, I'm so sorry. I know you're saying this. And I want to set a Trying scene, to get your eyebrows. But, like, yeah, trying to fill in your eyebrows. Cause we, we all saw terms, uh, postcards from the edge, <laughs> which is my favorite Meryl Streep movie. Interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe my favorite. Mine's Mama Mia, too. Rightfully so. <laughs> Arguably, Postcards from the Edge is my favorite movie. I thought about it recently. I think if I had to pick a favorite, it's my favorite because I don't know. I get Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. God, I fucking miss miss her, her so much. But you <sighs> know what? We got Billy Lord, and hope to God she'll do she'll she'll do great things. Yeah, we love. Well, did we love Booksmart? We just saw that together. Okay, so I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I want to love it. Yeah. I want to, like, worship it. I had fun watching it, and I did really like it for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. I yeah. gave it a three on Letterboxd. Okay. The, I gave it a four. The second time I saw it, I didn't like it as much. The first time, I loved it. I feel like I'm never going to watch it again, though, because I don't need to. But you know what, though? It's gonna be a movie. It's gonna be, like, our... the Like, if we if we have children, our next... That will be our children's generations. Like, that will be, like... They're pretty... Like, they're sweet six... Yeah. They're yeah. 16 No, and it's very like, important, and it's directed by a woman, and it's written by women, yeah, and, and I love that. Message. Like, I love where it's, like, yeah, I'd fuck her. If, yeah. Like, her personality sucks. Like, it's, like, oh, it's... Personality. Like, cool. Yeah. Kid, Kids can care about personality. Yeah. And I, I, like, there's a lot of things I really liked about it, but overall, I, I just kind of left feeling underwhelmed, I think. Yeah. I can get that. Yeah, I, you, I got the sense from you that, like, leaving it, that you didn't hate it, but, like, it wasn't, like, 
you were a little disappointed. I was yeah. honestly. I I think I th- I think part of it too was like they hyped that up so much. Like they have been promoting that, that since like January, the shit out of it. and I think they did it a little bit too soon. But like I wouldn't change anything about it though. The movie? Yeah. I can't think of any. I like, would. What would you change? I want more about um, Beanie Feldstein. Why does she live in an apartment by herself, apparently? True. Like, I don't know. There's just well, like... there's always the friend that we see the parents, and then there's always the friend that we but don't But why see don't parents. we see the parents? Where are the parents? What's the story? Like, how is she affording Yale? Like, you know... And I just, like... Also, statistically... Not... Usually, like, one or two people from a school go to... Yale. Yeah, it's and not, they're all like Stanford. Like I, that I was just like, like I got not. the point. Like I got the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah for they, sure. But they could have like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I, I need to watch it again and like take notes, and then I'll be prepared for that question. Because I think I love. Here's the thing: when you break it down, it's and what it means, which was, you can't just because like remember like do well in school but also remember like have fun you're young have, and have a life fun, and have a life and have fun mm-hmm. like school should not be your life yeah and that I'm like all for and, and I, I think, wish I had seen that movie great. when I was 15 yeah and I think that's great because our generation particularly I think grew up really being like the pressure from like the pressure for every generation increases so much to do well in mm-hmm. life and do well in school and mm-hmm. to be rich because the fucking 80s man um, I blame the eighties for everything, but the fucking I, mean, I blame the eighties yeah. especially for that shit. Oh yeah. Um, but I it just and I think that seeing that movie was a very good reminder, even for me in a lot of ways. It was like, you're fine. I'm fine. You're doing yeah. fine. I'm doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like she. Uh. Yeah. And. Um. Yeah, I agree. Like there are parts of it that aren't realistic, and we talked about this too. As much as like speaking of Billy Lord, like she's great, but like let's do something different. Yes. Yeah. Like, I love her, but I've seen her play that character, like, six times already. Yeah, she's good at the weird girl. Yeah. We know you do we know. weird. You do weird girl real well. I want to see her be, like, a regular, regular, schmegular girl from the Bronx. Why is everyone a regular, schmegular girl from the it's Bronx? It's regular, regular, because that's what Cardi B says, and I follow our Lord and Savior, Cardi B. Yeah, but, okay, you want Lady Gaga. But what I mean is, want... like, I just want them to be, like, a normal person, like, Living in like Nebraska, see you know I what want, I mean. See, I, I don't want to see Lady Gaga be a singer. I already know she's a singer. Right. I seen it. See, or if it's a singer, I want something to be like a really authentic and original for her. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I don't know what I want from Lily Ward yet. Like the thing is, I weird is fine for me, but like I no, would, it's but, like, fine. Let's do challenging roles, like you know, yeah, like, like you know what would have been interesting. Not that I would have changed this, or actually, I don't know how I feel about now saying it. I'll, I'll just say it because I thought it. Like, her in Emma Stone's role in The Favorite? Like, something like that? Mm, maybe. Like, do I just like- want to see her be like a single mom. Okay. Or just like a girl who works in a, a nine to five. I just want, if you're going to do weird, I just want to see like. Like real yeah. out there, real, yeah, yeah. like real, real, real. I don't want to see just like, like Spring Breakers. Level. Yeah, yeah. Like take a day. High art. Yeah, high art. Spring Break forever. Uh, well, you know what's not forever? Our podcast. Wow. And we should wrap it up. Wow. We wrap it up.
Dang. Love Someone's been working on their transitions. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I'm so happy we got to talk about one of my favorite human beings. Yeah, this is good. The good late chat. great Doris Day. Rest in peace. One of the only Republicans we'll ever like. Truly. A Republican that we we forget. And mm-hmm. an Aries queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and just true ray of sunshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fun. Thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to listen to us. If you'd like to follow us on social media, please do so. And if um, and you can find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram, the Inexperience Experience. Mm-hmm. And you can follow us on Twitter at BC Inexperience. And if you want to slide into our personal videos, please, oh, oh, please, I'll clean God. out the cobwebs. Be God. Oh yeah. Ooh, I'll dust her off real quick. Um. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Jew underscore Majesty. And uh, I will also be, this episode comes out on Friday, so yeah. uh, I'll have, I will have already performed at the Queer Comedy Show uh, tomorrow night at the reunion at 8 o'clock. But I will be um, at Baby Wine, at the Baby Wine Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. It's 25 acts. We all get two minutes. Oh. I did it last year. It's super fun. We literally just kind of line up around the theater, the small theater of the Annoyance, and just like each go on stage and kind of chug a chug a choo choo around it. Oh, that's cool. And the audience, it's always packed because it's Pride. Pride. And soup, it was super fun. So, highly recommend to come. It starts at 10. Okay. If you'd like to see me do two, a little two, a little, uh, an EP. If you like to see me <laughs> perform my EP. Yeah. Um, and Claire, where can people follow you? I'm you? Claire Romama on Instagram, Twitter, and Venmo. Oh, yeah, I'm Brian Carpus on Venmo. We need to start plugging that. Um, don't follow me on Tumblr. And I'm also on TikTok, but I don't know what my name is. I'm thinking about starting OnlyFans. Let me know if you want that. A what? It's like where, like, like what is that? people post their, like, nudes and porn. And Isn't that just a Finsta? No, you pay for it. Like, you, like, subscribe. Oh, yeah. interesting. Because I ordered my first Savage Fenty set, so I'm like, maybe oh, it won't be a thought. Yeah, I'm into that. Thank I'm you. thinking about a Fenta. Ooh. But that's, like, so much work for me. I have a fin- I have a Fenta idea for my thought, to link my thought, my, um, thoughtiness. Um, I'm thinking about, so I'm Jew Majesty, and I'm thinking the Fenta would be at Young Yenta. Okay, we'll see you guys next time. I think it's a great name. It is. But it you also... Do you hear yourself when you speak? Yes. Okay. And I hear sultries. Okay. Um, yeah, we're around. Hit us up. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>